Hey Mavericks, happy Wednesday. I am extremely excited to be here today because we have Frank Ricotta, the CEO of Burst IQ, and he's going to talk about COVID and blockchain, and we're going to dive deep into seeing what they're doing in order to help improve the way we age and the way we store our healthcare data. But as always, I want to make a big thank you to Serenity, who has really promised to engage our senior living communities over the next three months to give free opportunities to use their platform to stay connected to loved ones that are not always able to visit right now. So please make sure you check out serenityapp.com to learn more about their opportunity and their amazing platform to stay connected during the COVID pandemic. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to our chief inspiration maverick, Catherine Wells. Hey, everybody. So glad to see you again. Thanks for joining us. As always, if you have questions, please, please engage. We love to get live questions and get them answered with our guests. Before we dive in with Frank here, I want to remind you there are three things that we're doing at Mavericks for Senior Living around COVID-19, and that is specifically to ignite hope. So the first thing we're doing is Facebook Live interviews such as this. We wanna know who else you wanna hear from. We'll go out, we'll find the experts and we'll get them on so we get your questions answered. We're doing this for you, so please tell us what you'd like to hear. The second is if you send a text message with the words Ignite Hope with no space in there, just Ignite Hope to 27126, you will get 30 days of text messages with inspirational quotes and things to help all of us remain positive during this time. And then lastly, we have some wristbands that we are selling for $5. All proceeds go to one of three funds that are fighting against COVID-19, the World Health Organization COVID-19 Response Fund, AmeriCares or Feeding America. And you can choose where you want your donation to go. So thank you to everyone on the front line who's out there working. This includes absolutely everybody. There's too many to be named, but we appreciate you from all of us at Mavericks of Senior Living. Thank you for everything that you do. All right, now let's get to our interview here. So we are here with, as Francis said, Frank Ricotta, uh, CEO of Burst IQ. Welcome, Frank. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. I have just enough knowledge about blockchain to be very dangerous, but I do know it can help us democratize information and secure information much better than we have for some of our current systems. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Um, well, you know, I started out, I started out uh, in the United States Air Force, spent the first year set of uh, years there, uh, really too blind to fly, although my son's a pilot now. Oh, that's too awesome. Blind to fly, I was, a, was in, uh, worked in the intelligence space and really more on the technology side and took what I learned and uh, really uh, really was driven by the startup bug. I mean, it was the early days of Silicon Valley and, and went out and started a, a series of startups. The first one was a consulting organization. We ended up building products for the telecom industry. Um, then back to the cybersecurity space uh, for one after that. Uh, then I did some work in, in the health tech space and finally uh, finally launched, uh, launched First IQ back in 2015. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. And Frank and I may be the only two Colorado Spring natives around. <laughs> so we're a club of two. No, I'm sure there's a few more out there. So hello to all my yeah. Colorado Springs natives. Um, I, I don't live there anymore, but uh, it's a Frank, great did, the, did you go to the uh, Air Force Academy as well or just in the Air Force? No, I, I did go to the Air Force Academy. And oh, very cool. I'm actually... Okay. Um, I live in Springs, but I'm a Pueblo native. All my wife, my wife is from Colorado Springs. Ah, okay. So second home for sure. I've been here since 90, 1992, not counting oh, wow. school. All right. Oh, very cool. All right. Very cool. So tell us a little bit what you're doing in the world of blockchain. So one of the things that you talked about here is um, creating international data sharing and research collaboration. Can you share more about that? Well, that was actually uh, that was actually that's actually an initiative we respond uh, we launched within the last couple of days. It's a it's an initiative called Research Foundry. We're offering it as a free service, and the goal is to really bring um, all these researchers and and collaboration collaborators together, which includes the innovation community around consolidating data and data access, particularly around COVID nineteen and other broader health issues. Um, it's it's been an incredible uh, ride over the last couple of weeks, and, and our team's been really focused on, on really stepping out to make a difference. And yeah, that's 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 a page on Research Foundry, and we'll be announcing a couple of really big partnerships uh, over the next few days that that'll really facilitate a lot of research uh, in this area, particularly long long term impacts um, of this pandemic, both physically and mentally. And really who? Cool someone that would go to this and um, participate with you yeah this is this is really geared towards um, you know towards public health officials uh, researchers you know university or private private researchers and and health professionals and other companies working on digital health solutions so it's not a direct to consumer uh, uh, offering at this point in time we're really trying to to bridge all these gaps and you know, the, there's been a lot of air gaps between data, particularly around COVID, really, really highlighted the fact that you know, researchers are having a tough time collaborating and sharing and and working together, and, and so are governments. And we're trying trying to pull that information uh, together in one place so they actually can interact with it, drive some understanding, and, and make good decisions on the back end. Um, so hopefully, you know, as a person, you're going to see the impacts of what we're doing. Um, in response to better services that you're going to receive from your healthcare professionals and and even the government. So the the goal it sounds like is is to the end consumer in that they get better services because everyone in sort of what I guess I'll call the supply chain up until that point yep. has been communicating and collaborating. Is that correct? That's correct. You know, and there's a there's another variation. I and mean, we were talking before the show started about the need for privacy and you know there's an interesting balance now with with something like this pandemic is is compromising individual privacy for the sake of public health you know tracking where you're going who you're interacting with and the fact that have you been tested or not have you had covid and and have and have the antibodies you know in terms of from from recovering it. and some international jurisdictions are starting creating this thing called a, a blue card or immunity card to go with your passport to said, hey, you've Whoa. been tested or you had it. It it you know, without without a balance between a person owning, you know, who gets to see those kind that type of information 
it could be a pretty significant encroachment on your privacy. But flip side, we need something like that too. Yeah. Do you think do you think, Frank, we're seeing the importance now of really sharing data well and safely? I mean, is that becoming more of an issue as people are trying to tackle a vaccine or a cure yeah. or a care model? Yeah. Is I, that what you Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, how you do it safe and secure, collaborate, and, and people who are inventing things, how they maintain their intellectual property ownership and value contribution. But the other thing is I think the genie's out of the bottle with, with regard to telehealth and telemedicine. I mean, a lot of the rules and restrictions have been loose, uh, loosened from the government um, and, and allowing more providers to participate. In fact, it might be the only way to engage for a lot of a lot of patient providers at this point in time. And I, and I don't think we're ever going to go back to, to a mode where you have to go into an office uh, for a lot of a lot of the treatment and the care that you may need. And we just got notification today that as an assisted living provider, if we help with the telehealth visit with the doctor, we actually can get a reimbursement now. Yeah, that Not that's whole, absolutely. It's a whole lot of that's where a lot of the rules were being uh, relaxed in terms of what's yeah. reversible, and that's that's a big thing. That's a big thing. Yeah, and it's I mean it's not very much, but it's enough to incentivize. I hope because I love telehealth because I don't have to go into a, a doctor or a hospital and you know those things because I think we're realizing let's use our medical resources for what they're needed for, not just go to the hospital as oh I gotta go to the doctor. W what? <laughs> Yeah, and you know when you couple some of these cool things like some of the um, precision medicine tests that you're actually mm -hmm. able to administer at home, like be it a cheek swab or some mm -hmm. of these really cool devices that are little micro blood draws, you just put it on your arm, push a button. Uh, it's going to change the whole uh, the whole interaction with that uh, virtual care uh, encounter. And from the standpoint that that doc or that care provider is going to know a lot more about you because of these kind of tests are, and information is available, including uh, additional devices that may be in, uh, we may be where, or maybe around our houses. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. And I am very curious to see how it all plays out because I have, for example, I have a client in Grand Junction who could not get rounding doctors to their assisted living facility Whoa. to save their lives. And telehealth was too difficult. And now that the regulations have been relaxed a little bit, it gets easier and we can serve more people. It only makes sense. So I'm very interested to watch this. And I'm sorry, you called it the foundry? Research foundry. Research foundry. Research foundry yeah, it's, so, it's actually built on our core technology. And we actually have a lot of customers using the core technology for um, to deploy new innovations in this whole thing called digital front doors or your digital companions and navigator, maybe through a hospital, along with um, how, uh, how patients may get access to uh, advanced biotech and pharma therapeutics. So there's that whole side of the business. The research foundry is really more of a, of a social impact uh, initiative that, that we undertook, and we always want it to be free. That's that's the goal of Research Foundry, kind of push the boundaries forward for us. That's awesome. And the collaboration, I think, is a really important part of that. We're seeing more and more of that right now as people come together and truly collaborate across potentially competitive lines or um, or other lines just to work together. So it's great. And I would ask anyone in our audience who's listening right now, 
Do you have experience with blockchain and what is your thought on what's happening here with the research foundry? Just post it in the, in the comments. So let's go to your next quest, uh, next, uh, section here, which is um, engaging crowd intelligence yeah. and innovation to accelerate accelerate problem solving and solutions. How are and you? For, for, yeah, this is really intriguing to me the way you worded this. So I'd like to, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by the crowd intelligence. That's that's really drew my attention. Well, okay, there, there's two parts to that. And this, this is actually a lot of fun for us and, and for me in particular. So last year we started opening up our platform for innovators around the world who thought they wanted to create a, a solution in the health space and really solve a problem. Um, and we didn't really know what was gonna happen when we did that, but what we started seeing now is groups all, all around the world starting to adopt the technology to deliver solu solutions. So we have you know, fun, uh, a group in Australia that's really creating a personal health uh, record, um, a team in Nigeria that's helping navigate individuals to healthcare providers and cool. I can go on. So it's it's really been fun to see that adoption. But the second part of that is, is where you see a lot of or, lot, big organizations have innovation initiatives, but they sort of get stuck in a certain cycle of what they know and who they know. What this does is it opens it up to people who, who can now participate that couldn't participate before all these millions of brains out there that may want to contribute. And then finally, I mean, we're all intelligent in and of ourselves. The data about us um, and how we live and how we feel, uh, it, we're getting in more of a data of abundance versus scarcity. And together, together, our, our collective intelligence about what's going on is, is a pretty important indicator anymore. Yeah, and we've seen that globally, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. I love how you you phrased it as crowd intelligence because so often we use crowdsourcing. So we're crowdsourcing this, we're crowdsourcing that. That's great. We're asking people anywhere to bring us information, but crowd intelligence takes it to that next level. How do we not only pull the information together, but use that information collaboratively to create solutions? Yep. That's the only way, that's the only way we can, I think, anymore. It really is an interconnected world and COVID, COVID has definitely shown us that. For sure. And it's showing us how if we really rely on the community and share data effectively and quickly, some great things can happen that, you know, it's not as Kath and I have talked about, it's not so much a competition, but it's a collaborative competition where it needs to be in a competitive idea, but not withholding key elements or key genetic strains or, you know, whatever that may be that could could further enhance, you know, technology and keeping people safe. Yeah, competition, right? That's what I was like, I'm learning cooperation. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I gotcha. <Yeah. laughs> um, okay, awesome. So, I am. I imagine that people in our audience have this question: uh, What about the issue of of private information versus public information? That's a that's a great question. You know, um, and we we started with a privacy premise that you should own and control all your data, and we started seeing a lot of legal um, legal movement and regulatory oversight, particularly in Europe, with with the regulatory framework called GDPR. And what that means is you own your data and you can tell somebody start stop using it. Um, huh. In the US, it's not only, uh, uh, we're starting to see state, state and local jurisdictions adopt those kind of rules and regulations for general information about you, you know, 
the kind that may be on social networks. Um, and we've always had this, this overview from a health and personal health information. So we got to start with privacy, which means that if any of that data is going to get out, you should know about it and you should consent, uh, consent to its use. So fundamentally, everything we do is the notion of consent. You should know, you should be able to pull it back and you should be able to give permissions, even if it's a short period of time. And it sounds so simple when you say that, and it's so difficult to do. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, uh, it's, it's extremely difficult when it comes to data. Uh, I mean, we all have a story about, you know, I, I go to see my primary care doctor and I may need to see a specialist or a family member getting the health information from point A to point B sometimes is hand carrying. It's even distributed by fax in many, many instances, let alone because of some of the rules and restrictions are so restrictive, the notion of sharing it even between providers electronically, um, there's been a lot of, um, of fear in doing that just from, from the government side. And that's, that's some of the, the rules we've seen lightening up a bit with the tele, telemedicine um, uh, services recently, making it a little more transportable. And um, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid uh, have really been pushing this whole notion of patient ownership of data and transparency and set a whole bunch of new regulations that are going to require our care providers to make that information available to us. So once it is, and how do you how do you keep it safe? That's the second question. So Frank, would it all kind of go into this central storage area that then I could decide who to disseminate it to? And, and it's kind of in this secure, I guess, cloud space? Or, or well, what does that look like? Well, this medical data, if I'm 60 years yeah. old, I can have what 60 years of health data. Well, that's right. I mean, on average, we're going to see 20 some docs over our lifetime, let okay. alone all the other care providers. But, um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of going into one central place. And, and this okay. is really where the power of blockchain comes in, which mm -hmm. is truly, um, and this, this is a little geeky, so please excuse me, it's truly the power of distributed computing uh, and huh. privacy. And so okay. it really moves moves a lot of uh, capabilities to in the hands of a person on where their data is is even stored and how it's accessed. And there's a lot of mechanisms in the background, but you know, blockchain, uh, not just technology, but philosophy is about supporting individual liberty and rights, which include data rights. Um, and I, I think that's where we're going to go because we have so many players in the health ecosystem. I, I don't think we'll ever get to one place with everything, but we can begin to consolidate little little repositories around you, a population of one. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's really exciting. And I'm I'm looking forward to it as an individual to have that capability to own my data. I also would have loved that as I was the power of attorney for both of my parents, one of two powers of attorney. Um, but it would have been nice to have that capability. So yeah. awesome. Francis, did you have a question? Yeah, I want to know. This is always a fun one we like to ask. Uh, so who's a maverick in your life? Oh, that's that's always an awesome question. Um, I, I'm going to start with my mom because my mom, okay. my mom from day one has always been someone who lived outside the box. I mean, she was, um, she was one of the top educators in the country uh, and, and then ed, uh, administrators uh, and eventually a superintendent. She invented wow. a lot of new ways to, to educate kids and um, and was always just this powerful force in advocacy for 
kids and kids education. So I'm gonna say my mom as a starting point, and then um, you know I like I like what my kids are doing too. So they're pretty fun. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so neat. Well, cool. shout out to your mom, right, on yeah. being a, a powerful leader uh, for your own children as well as other children. And what are your kids doing that's super cool? Yeah. Well, I, I mentioned before my son's a pilot, so he's he's in mm -hmm. the Air Force, so he's actually deployed right now. So shout out to him. Oh, um, very cool. Then I have three daughters who all decided to to become engineers, which is pretty cool. So my oldest is a, is a software designer, but also this incredible artist. She combines both together. And daughter number two is a biochem engineer with an MBA and uh, just doing some incredible things. She worked in the energy sector for a while and is now back in the in the health sector with us. And my youngest is a mechanical engineer. Uh, so all, all kind of bucking bucking trends and, and just doing That's some awesome. That's it impressive. sounds like very smart, smart children. So that's for awesome. my wife. I'm not yeah. no credit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, you know what? Impressive all the way around. So shout out to all of them. That's really yeah. fantastic. And especially your son who's defending us in, in other countries right now as yeah, um, personnel. Um, so after hearing this conversation, what action would you ask our audience to take? Um, well, I, I think you have to know, uh, and what I mean by that, it's not just about, um, what's happening in your life that you can see and feel and touch, but what is your digital footprint? I, and such an important thing for, uh, your health and wellness as well, in terms of maintaining your digital health. Uh, and this, the second thing is please, please stay connected. It's so important, particularly in this time of isolation. I have my mom who I talked about, um, who's in her 80s. She just recently fell and broke her hip. Uh, she's now in a rehab facility because of this virus. We can't go see her. So if it wasn't for video, we couldn't stay connected. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And we've been talking about being socially connected while we're physically distanced. So yeah. um, absolutely, we support that 100%. And that's one thing I'm really excited about with the COVID is, as you said earlier, this telehealth, these televisits, that's really challenging somewhat kind of an archaic or industry to start really thinking outside the box. That's, which right. that's what I'm excited to see because when you start doing that, who knows what aging is going to be like or, you know, how we can help people age in the next five, 10 years. I'm extremely excited about yeah. how this has forced us all to look internal as to what we can do different. You know, health, health is an everyday, all the time thing. It's not just yeah. when you go see your doc. That's yeah. right. Well, that's where, that's where we need to be. Well said. And this is maybe a topic for a different time, but I, I would love to get your high-level thoughts on um, how people can advocate for their own data because it's one thing to go to the doctor and say, "I want access to my data." Well, here's your portal. That's yeah. not the same thing that we're talking about. So. No. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that at some point uh, uh, in the future. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And Kathy, I'm going to come to your favorite question here that we always have been asking during this COVID pandemic. So why don't you take it away for us? All right. So standing one year from today, Frank, looking back, what would you like to see have changed? Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you more of a fuzzy, a soft, soft feely answer to that one. I hope we're 
a more gentle, kind world. I hope we realize that by when we have this pause button that we had to take, you know, for the health and safety of of all those around us and for our own families, that we we start recognizing what's really important versus what we thought was important, and and the fact that we're all people again. I love that. I, I support that a hundred percent. That's really well said, and um, I don't think it's a it's a fuzzy, a warm fuzzy. I think it's a reality. And I think it's, I'm with you. I, I strive for that as well. So thank you for sharing that with our audience. Now, if people want to learn more about you, learn more about what you're doing, how can they reach you? Uh, well, I think up on the screen is my LinkedIn profile. Feel free yeah. to hit, hit me there or on Twitter at, at F-R-I-C-O-T-T-A. Um, or connect with us on uh, via our website, which is versteiq.com. And that's B-U-R-S-T-I-Q.com. All right, Frank, thank you so much for joining us today. If our audience, if you have any questions or thoughts or ideas as you listen to this, maybe at a later time, please post them in the comments and we'll do our best to get the questions to Frank so he can get an answer for you. Thanks for joining us, Frank. Oh, I had a, I had a very good time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thanks for what you're doing with Burst IQ. It's, it's, it's really cool. And I'm excited to see how it's going to continue to progress and really have a positive impact on, on our health and our health and wellness, both, you know, I think personally as well as digitally. So thank you. Again, it's, it's, it really is a lot of fun and has a lot of meaning to it. That's great. great. Thank you. We look thank forward you. to hearing from you in the future. You guys have a great day. You too.